Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guests this week, Liz Batchelor and Katie Midwinter, where we'll be previewing the weekend's racing. We'll be looking at some of the ITV action at Ascot, Newmarket and Redcar for Saturday. And of course, we'll be giving our thoughts on the arc, um, which will be happening this Sunday. But before we get into the previews, let's see how everyone is. Liz, I'll come to you first. Um, you're actually going to the Arc on uh, um, Saturday and Sunday. Are you uh, prepared for the weekends? Um, I'll lie and say yes. But no, I'm definitely not. I'm still packing now and I'm going tomorrow. But yeah, going tomorrow, come back Monday, racing Saturday, Sunday. Should be good. And how about you, Katie? Have you been uh, studying hard for this weekend? Yes, I have. It's one of my favourite meetings on the calendar, the ARC meeting. So I'm really looking forward to that. And there's, there's plenty to look forward to on Saturday as well, isn't there? So, yeah, a really exciting weekend. Yeah, it's one of my favourite uh, meetings of the year. Just Europe's best horses, fighting it out. And also as well, you can sometimes get some value. So hopefully we can point you in the direction of some winners. But the first race we're going to look at is on Saturday at Ascot. It's the first race on the card there. It's the 151. It's the Oakman Inns Rouse Stakes, a listed contest over five furlongs. Quite a tight betting heat. Manakan is your favourite at 9-2. We've then got the King's Horse, uh, King's Lynn, at 11-2. Tis Marvellous at 7s. Ebo River at 8s. Ackland Express at 10s. Ainsdale at 10s. And bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Liz. Um, quite a few in here that you might be able to make a case for, but uh, who did you fancy in the opening race at Ascot? Yeah, so um, I, I was actually genuinely torn between Manacan and Kings Lynn, so the top two in the market, but Manacan is edging it for me slightly based on his very close third in the Group 3 at Newbury two weeks ago where he was the favourite, the winner being Mitt Behe, who I did actually tip the last time I was on. Um, he didn't have the clearest of runs and he was staying on well, but was just held. He's down to listed level and he's won at this level the time before last, so that should probably get the best out of him. So Manakam for me. Okay, Manakam it is for Liz. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in this one? I was between two as well, Ainsdale and Gatahadj. I think Ainsdale is capable of putting in a good performance, but may prefer some give in the ground. So I'm favouring Gata Hadge for Pipe Cox. She's a winner of the course and distance, putting a fantastic performance at Goodwood in July. I think if she's able to replicate that form, she has a chance of making the frame at a decent each way prize. Last time out, she ran in a group three on soft ground at Longchamp. This is a completely different assignment, um, but she will have to prove herself at this level. Manakan is a worthy favourite and should be the one to beat. Kings then a good horse, but has to carry top weight, which could make it tough. So I think get ahead each way. I think she's capable of showing further improvement and is worth a punt at around 16 to 1. I think she's best priced at, at the moment. Okay, a couple of bigger prices then from Katie. I myself actually quite like Kingslin. I think he's the best horse in the race. I think he's uh, officially the best on uh, ratings. But I just think uh, he comes to, into his own this time of year. He really thrived in the autumn last year. He finished second on this card in the Ben Goff Stakes, which is over six furlongs on, on soft ground. And it is meant to pour down 
on Friday. So if the ground does ease up, he should handle that. And I just think that the break would have done him good. He can run well fresh. The yard are going great guns as well. They've been having plenty of winners uh, over the last few days. And I just thought 11 to 2, I thought that was a bit of a, a big price about him. I think he should be more of a 10 to 3, 7 to 2 kind of uh, price. And he was where I was thinking. But yeah, uh, all different opinions then on the opening race at Ascot. I like Kings Lynn. Liz likes Manakan. And two from uh, KT. Positive mentions for Ains but her main selection is get ahead okay we're now going to move on to the next race at ascot which is the 225 it is the peroni nastro azuri cumberland lodge stakes it's a group three contest over a mile and a half and hamish is your favorite 13 to 8 we then got high definition a four to one crester at nine to two get shirty at nine to one third realm at tens bigger are the rest I come to you here first uh katie hamish it was a good run last time in the irish saint ledger um but do we think maybe coming back here only after 20 days could be a negative he's a horse that's gone well in the past uh got uh, gone well fresh in the past and never maybe necessarily backed up after a second run uh do we think he's a little bit short here I think he's a worthy favourite, but perhaps he is a little bit short. I do like him. I think he's probably the one to beat. And yeah, as you mentioned, that run behind Kiprios in the Irish St. Ledger, it, it was very good form. But the only doubt I have is he's been running over further, performing well, but I wonder if he'll be as effective over a mile and a half. The horse I'm going to go for is Get Shirty, another who has been running over further distances. He didn't stay the two mile two when last seen, but he has run over one mile four this season, albeit in handicap company. I think he's a reliable sort. He's fairly versatile too. So whatever the ground conditions are, I think he can be competitive in the race and he could represent a bit of value. Okay. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like in the Cumberland Lodge? Yeah, so I promise I'm I'm not going to stick to favourites all night. But Hamish is second to Kiprios, like we just said last time out in the group on Irish St. Ledger. I mean, the third was seven lengths behind them. Um, and that's obviously the reason why he's favourite um, and why he's my pick for this group three. He's been lightly raced this season, only coming out twice before. His second to Kiprios, he won the group three Ormond Stakes at Chester and May comfortably. Um, and even last season, he's, he's beaten the likes of Hookham. Um, he has taken a step back in trip. Um, but other than the main threat, which in my opinion is Cresta, I think he should be fine. Okay, so a vote of confidence, Hamish from Liz. I myself quite like Yukon Glenna, a bit of a price. Um, he is nine years old, but he has been maintaining his form quite well. And I just thought a few of these might not be able to live up... Um, to, to their current form. I think some of these uh, could struggle with this kind of level, but we know he's a group three listed kind of uh, horse. It's got a good course form. Won't mind a bit of ease and conditions as well. It's got proven form. And Jim Goldie seems like he can do no wrong this season. I'm not thought of 16s. He was a big price. So that's our thoughts then on the Cumberland Lodge Stakes. We now move to the three o'clock, which is the John Guest Ben Goff Stakes. It's a group three contest over six furlongs. And Rohan is your favourite, four to one for Andrea Azani and Dave Evans. We then got Comanche Falls, Alan two for Michael Dodds, Alsa Hale thirteen to two for Charlie Appleby, Flaming River at seven, Summergand at twelves, Eras at fourteens, and bigger are the rest. Come to you here first, Liz. Uh, again, quite a tricky race, I thought, but um, who are you going to go with in this one? So I actually like the fact there's a mare in this one, although I can see why Rohan is favourite. 
I think Perfect News at 20 to 1 is a decent price. She won the Group 3 against her own sex over at Nace last month when she was up against the boys in a listed event at Chantilly. She came in a good second where she was staying on well. But there's also a very good mare in this who seems to have come alive this season, and that is Michael Dodds' Gale Force mayor. Um, she's ran nine times, winning five, placing twice. The last twice she's won listed events and she has tried her hand at group level the last time being in July in the group three summer stakes at York where she came third behind Flotus and a day to remember. Um, six furlongs is her distance. Uh, she's currently tens and I think she'll give another honest account against the boys. Okay, so Liz likes to inform Gale Force Mayor. And how about you, Katie? Who did you like in the Ben Goff stakes? There's a couple that I would like to give a mention to. It's, it's a tough race to predict. There's a few really good handicappers in there, such as Comanche Falls, Summergand, and they deserve to take their chance at this level. But I can't really see past Rohan for the win. He is the class of the field in my eyes, and if he's at his best, he should be winning this. He ran well in defeat at Haydock behind Minzal and Muratiana. Holly Doyle was on board there, trying to come from the rear of the field. The gaps didn't really come in time, um, and it was quite a frustrating watch. I don't think he would have reached Minza, but I think he would have been closer. Uh, Flaming Rib was behind there too. Um, I don't think he'll reverse form, but Flaming Rib would be my second choice. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I think he's got a lot of potential. Uh, I would give a shout to Gail Force Meyer as well, in agreement with Liz. She's a huge each-way player, really tough, hardy mare, likeable horse, and she's so consistent. She really has an off day. Um, but for me, my main selection will be Rohan. I think he's the best horse. And if he's anything near his best, as I said, I think he'll take all of the beating. OK, Rohan it is for Katie. I quite like the chances of the dream here. I saw a few people a couple of weeks ago put her up for the Air Gold Cup. I just don't think she's had her ground this season. She's a horse that thrives on soft conditions. As I mentioned earlier, it is meant to throw it down tomorrow and it should just turn this uh, race course up into a bog she won the race last year on soft ground she also as well finished third at royal ascot on her only other previous run on uh, soft ground um behind the likes of creative force i think she's if she's up to that kind of form i think she's a massive player harry davis as well takes the ride he rode this uh filly a couple of starts ago when um it was actually in fact his only ride on this horse when he finished second in a listed event at newmarket the cheek pieces go um off which i think will will suit i just thought at a price she could definitely go well and you probably can get a few extra places as well if you shop round. so i'm gonna uh, give the dream a positive mention but we're all again in uh, disagreement Liz likes Gale Force Mayor I like the dream and uh, Katie thinks that the class could prevail with Rohan we're now going to move on to the last race we're going to preview at Ascot which is the 336 it's a seven furlong handicap it's the Peroni Nastro Azuro Challenge uh, Cup and Fresh is your favourite, 6-1, to one, followed by Symbolise at 13-2. River Nymph at 8-1, to one, Safe Voyager at 8s, uh, Blueview at 9s, and Bigger are the rest. Um, quite a few in here that you can make a case for, Katie. Are we going with any at the top of the market, or do we fancy any uh, bigger prices? I think it's a really open race, and I did find it quite tricky to choose one. Those who are prominent at the top of the market, I think they're all going to be dangerous. If it was soft ground, I'd be keen on Safe Voyage after his run at Leopardstown. But if the ground remains on the good side, I'm going to go for River Nymph. He's a horse that usually escapes me. I, I can't seem to back him when he does run well and when he wins. And I think it's difficult to find him on a good day. 
but you can often put in brilliant performances and he sometimes wins uh, at big odds. I think seven furlongs at Ascot suits him. He finished third over the trip here in May and again earlier this month. He does have to reverse form with fresh and silent film from the last run. But off the same mark, I think he's got a good chance um, such river nymph for me. Okay, Clive Cox might be able to get uh, another winner on the board. He's been absolutely flying. The plate had a few winners over the last week or so. Um, how about you, Liz? Uh, who do you like in this one? Yeah, so out of all the races that we're talking about today, this is the trickiest of them all, I think, as big handicaps usually are. Fresh, as we say, is the favourite. Always beaten silent film by a neck here at Ascot at the start of the month. And I actually think Silent Film's going to turn the tables and I think he's 12 to one to do so. Um, he was five pounds lighter than fresh in that race. And now with Harry Davis, who's claiming three, he's now six pounds better off. So maybe that one pound difference is is the difference that he needs. Um, his form before his second uh, is patchy, which is probably why he was 40 to one last time. Um, but he has won some good races, mainly abroad. Um, but maybe he's just getting back into his groove. Okay, so silent film it is for Liz. I think Symbolise could run well here. It's been a bit of a cliff horse for me. I was all over him at Royal Ascot, but unfortunately uh, he was never really able to land a blow um, in the Royal Hunt Cup. He was very disappointing that day, but I just wonder if maybe autumn could be his time of year. He finished second in this race off this exact same mark of 102. Um, he then finished second in the Balmoral Handicap. So he's a horse that can go well. I already touched upon the Boldens going through a really good streak at the moment. I thought his run at Doncaster the last time wasn't bad. On some of his RPRs, I think he's bang there of a chance. And yeah, this could be his day and he's probably the way I would play but I can see cases for River Nymph uh, I think he's got a good chance and her safe voyage as well but nine years old a few others maybe have a bit bit in hand I just thought he might just get faded out but definitely has solid credentials if you fancy him so yeah tough race but yeah again some different opinions there from the panel so that's the races covered at Ascot the next race we're going to look at is the feature at Newmarket so group one it's the Royal Bahrain some chariot stakes and your favorite is saffron beach who's looking for a repeat win in this contest will be expert for the ride and she's currently 13 to 8 we've got then got the irish raider from dermot wales yards uh homeless songs the irish 1000 guineas winner at 11 to 4 laurel who's uh, having her um third ever career start at 6 to 1 prosperous voyage at 15 to 2 grand arm at 20s bigger are the rest um comes to you here first liz saffron beach a lot to like her on paper. Do we think uh, she's going to get the job done here and get another win in the race? Yeah, I think if she dictates the pace, then she'll be hard to beat. And I do think she is the one to beat. However, another has caught my eye for the each way value, uh, perhaps because she has gone under the radar. She's trained by a relatively small trainer over in France, and that is Mario Baratti's by all means, who is currently 40 to 1, I think. Um, she was last seen at August at Dover coming and next second, the winner Oscular in a group three over the mile where she kept on but was just held. And before that, she won a listed event at Chantilly by two lengths. Um, she likes it good, she likes it heavy. I think she probably want to keep an eye on the trainer on a 40% strike rate as well. Um, so by all means, as the rank outsider. 
Yeah, I had a quick glance there as well. Great minds think alike. Um, but yeah, that, that form behind Ascula looks quite good because she's been one of our podcast favourites this year, Ascula. She's had a great season for George Bowie. And yeah, definitely worth a second look, especially at 50-1. to 1. And if there is any rain around at Newmarket, which I expect there will be, probably be riding on the easy side. I think uh, the conditions should be up our street. How about you though, Katie? Who did you like in the Sun Chariot? I think it's a decent race. I'm not sure the quality is quite as good as in last year's renewal. And Saffron Beach won well then. I think it's difficult to go against her here. She is the one to be, as Liz said, and the current champion of the race. She's such a reliable filly. I think she's top class. Homeless Songs was fantastic in the Irish Thousand Guineas, but she was disappointing last time out. And she has gone well fresh before, so I'm not sure how much she actually needed the run last time. Although I would expect her to improve for it. I think she has to prove herself against Saffron Beach, however. Uh, Laurel is an exposed. Who knows? She could be special. And there's a couple of others in the field that are capable of putting in good performances. But I keep coming back to Saffron Beach. I think the others, barring home the songs, if she is on song, I think we all have a bit to find with her. And I wouldn't want to oppose the favourite here. I think Saffron Beach is the likeliest winner. Yeah, we're all in agreement for the first time tonight. Saffron Beach, I agree. I think she's, uh, even though she officially isn't the best horse in the race, I think she's the most likely winner. Homer songs, like you say, Kate, that run in Ireland maybe was a little bit disappointing last time. They have gone for the first time tongue-tie, which is a little bit of a head-scratcher, but obviously if it helps her breathing, it should be seen as a positive. But yeah, I, I would be agreeing with you, you guys. Um, I think uh, Saffron Beach is the most likely winner and even 13 to 8 to me that maybe doesn't look like a bad price could even make a argument for her to be even money so that's our thought then on the feature at Newmarket we're now going to have a quick look at one of the highlights at Redcar one of their feature races of the season and it is the 321 William Hill two-year-old trophy it's a listed race Plenty in here with uh, interest in lines of form. Um, and Cole Case is your favourite for Carl Burke at 4 to 1. We've then got Barefoot Angel, who won at air last time out at 5. Malin C at 13 to 2. Hulkwin for the Boldens at 8. Lady Bullet at 9s. And Bigger are the rest. I'll come to you here first, Katie. Um, tough race this. Uh, are we going towards the top of the market or are we going to take a punt on maybe a left field selection? I don't really have a strong opinion in this race. I think it's a trappy race. There's so many that could show improvement. I'd imagine that the top two in the market you mentioned, Cold Case, Barefoot Angel, they're going to be the ones to beat. But it does appear quite an open race, and the market suggests it will be. So maybe there's something at a bigger price that could make the frame. I quite like Signora Camacho for John Quinn. She's run a lot this season, gained plenty of experience, which could hold her in good stead. And she's been consistently finishing in the top three. So I think at about 25 to 1, perhaps she could be good enough to run into the places. Okay. And how about you, Liz? Who did you like uh, in the feature at Redcar? So I think this is between the top two of the markets, a cold case and Barefoot Angel. But cold case is the one I've chosen between the two, even though trainer Kieran Burke isn't in the greatest form. He is one at of 45. Um, but Cold Case has some decent form. Won his last time out at top weight in a class two at Doncaster a couple of weeks ago. And before that, a massive third in the Brute 2 gym, gym crack last month. Um, seems to like most ground. He tends to lead, which means he's usually quick out the gates, which is what you need in these five furlong sprints. And he's got the highest official rating, and I think he should go well. 
Okay, so a few angles covered then for the big two-year-old race at Redcar. We're now going to go on to the big race of the weekend, which is the Prix de Arc de Triomphe at Longchamp. Good feel for this race. We've got a full lineup of 20 runners, and the betting looks like this. Luxembourg is your favourite at 4-1. to one. We've then got Alpenista at 11-2, to Torquita Tasso at 15-2, Tidehall at 9s, Vedani at 10s, Westover 10s, and bigger are the rest. Come to you first, Liz. Uh, we were talking a bit earlier today um, about this race, and you've got a strong one up your sleeve. I think so. But firstly, a couple of stats on this race. It's not a favourites race. Only one favourites won this in the past 10 years. That was an able. And we've had big or reasonable price winners in the last 10 years too. So Tokato Tasso last year at 72 to 1, 33 to 1 shot Salimia in 2012 and Vol Volgeist at 13s in 2019. Also in the past 10 years, all winners had won over the distance of one mile four, which Vidini and Luxembourg are both stepping up to this trip for the first time. And on good ground at Longchamp, it appears that a low draw is favourable. But if the weekend rain does arrive and it's either soft to heavy, then you probably want stall seven or higher. Um, so based on a couple of those things, and probably not the most obvious, but I think Westover needs another chance and he needs another look. I'm not sure what happened to him last time. He was fifth of six in behind some of these, actually, where he just weakened badly. Maybe the ground was too firm. It's my only thing I can come up with. Um, but I can't forget his perhaps unlucky third in the derby or his win in the Irish Derby, which is why I'm sticking him up for this. I think with a bit of give in the ground, his draw of seven, and he does absolutely have the ability, he'll be there about. Okay, so Liz is going to keep the faith with Westover to bounce back. And how about you, Katie? How did you see this year's renewal of the arc? I'm struggling between my head and my heart a bit ahead of this one. I'd love to see Luxembourg win. I think he's a special cult and he's already a dual group one winner who'll likely improve as he steps up in trip. I've no doubt that he'll stay, but with so much forecast rain in Paris, I do worry it'll become a bit of a slog, similar to last year and the year before. So if it is heavy ground, I'd expect him to be a bigger price in the day, so I wouldn't be betting on him at the moment. And I keep going back to, to Keita Tasso, the image of him flying home on the outside to win last year. He was hugely impressive, and he did come from a fairly wide draw then too. I'd say he's been wound up this season to be ready for this. I was impressed by him in the King George at Ascot, where he chased on pile driver on good to firm ground. That isn't his ground at all, and he still put in a really good performance, beating Mishrift, Groom and Westover. And I don't see any of those three reversing form with him. Frankie Dettori in the saddle bidding for his seventh win in this race. I think Takeda Tasha will be there thereabouts. But my heart is with Luxembourg. It's a shame he missed out on the derby. In terms of future breathing prospects too, I would love to see him win it. He'll be exciting as a stallion and he could be a superstar. I'd also love to see Camelot, Saya and Art winner. So between Luxembourg and Takeda Tasso for me, I think uh, the two of them can be quite competitive. Okay, so that's Katie's thoughts uh, on the arc. I thought this was quite wide open, to be honest with you, but I'm not keen on some of those at the head of the betting. I want to take on Luxembourg. I think he could just be a typical Camelot. You know, they look flashy, they look good, but when it comes to a proper flight and a slog, 
I'm just not sure he's um, got. He's going to cut it at this uh, kind of uh, grade. Alpinista, I think, is the solid one. Um, it's hard to keep her out of the frame. We all know she's been on a great winning run. Last seen winning the Yorkshire Oaks. She won uh, over in San Clue as well earlier in the season. Um, she's going to be really hard to keep out of the frame. I think she's a solid one at 11-2. Tokita Tasso, if you fancied him, I wouldn't put you off. He's going to have his ground. He won the race last year. Maybe the wide draw could be a little bit of a negative. But the one I really liked at a price, and I was struggling uh, to work out why he is 40-1, is Sealaway for Mikhail Barcelona and Francois Henri Graffard. Um, he finished fifth in the race last year. Um, and I just think uh, he's been plotted out for this race all season. Uh, it was an eye-catching run last time out. He, he loves the ground. He comes to into his own at this time of year. He won the champion stakes that's... Um, Ascot on Champions Day. I think he's a horse that properly thrives in the autumn. And even some of his earlier form this season behind the likes of Prince of Wales when a state of rest looks really strong in the book. I just couldn't work out why he was such a big price. And for me, I think he's going to be there or thereabouts. And I like the angle of uh, looking outside of the British and Irish runners. I think there's plenty of value to be had. I think course experience, conditions, all counts. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited by the chances of Cedar Way. He's probably one of my strongest uh, fancies I've had in a long time. So he's my thoughts. Uh, he's my idea of the winner on this year's renewal of the arc. So that rounds off um, the races we're previewing in the podcast. This is normally the time of the podcast where I ask the others if they've got any other fancies. But I'm the only one that's got any other uh, selections <laughs> this week. Um, and I'm going to go to the Saturday. Today uh, at Parry Longchamp, it's in uh, one of uh, the supporting races on the card. It's the Group Two uh, Pre Dollar. Uh, Dubai Honor won this race last year, but I think this year it could go to the home team in France with Hurricane Dream, who I'm just looking at here, and there's twenty five to one. I can't believe the price of this horse. Uh, Christophe uh, Lemaitre. Uh, not many pe- many people might not know who he is uh, in Britain and Ireland, but if you're a fan of international racing. Uh, he's had some good success in Japan over the last couple of years and I just thought this horse Hurricane Dream I thought he stood out like like a like a sore thumb I thought his run last time in Germany when Frankie was on him was a pipe opener for this uh, meeting um, that was over a mile and he finished like an absolute steam train another couple of strides he would have got up to win now stepping up to a mile and two he's got a good record on soft ground I just think there's a lot to like about him here and I couldn't understand why he was a, such a big price and I think like I say the jockey booking is definitely eye-catching and yeah, I'm really excited by his chances and I thought quite a few of the top of the market in this race the likes of Adi Eb and Matt I'm not sure they're going to handle conditions I just think it's one of those British and uh, Irish um, betting biases we get sometimes in these uh, markets over here where they're just priced on, on on the UK form and sometimes the other European form could be stronger in these type of races so yeah I'm really excited to see how he gets on on Saturday so that's our other uh, selections away from the main races but enough of me waffling on that is the end of the podcast you'll be glad to know thanks again for Liz and Katie for giving up their time hopefully uh, we giving you some winners uh, on this episode of the podcast. Please remember to gamble responsibly. You can follow us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. So make sure you follow us on there if you don't do so already. And we'll be seeing you again soon.